As promised, we are joined right now by a former NFL linebacker. He played 11 years in the league, 10 of them with the Seattle Seahawks, played his college ball at Mississippi State, won a Super Bowl with the Seahawks in 2014, a Pro Bowler in 2016. He's got a podcast, among many other things. We are joined right now by K.J. Wright. K.J., great to get caught up for the first time since January when you and I last spoke. How you living, man? What's new with you? Doing well, man. Yeah, like you mentioned, got my podcast, K.J. All Day. Y'all check me out. And uh, life is good in the great Pacific Northwest here in Seattle. My boys are 6-3, and three, so we're rolling. Good. Glad to hear it. I'm going to ask you about that podcast in a minute. Let me get your thoughts first on the big story this morning. Deshaun Watson undergoing season-ending surgery on his shoulder. How devastating a blow is that to the Browns? And where do they go from here? This is a heartbreaker. You just look at this Cleveland Browns football team. Finally, you guys have arrived. Finally, you guys are in prime position to make the playoffs and actually make some noise. And for Deshaun Watson, a guy that you've given up three first-round draft picks, a guy that you pay top dollars, this is just a really, really big letdown for Kevin Stefanski and just for this real, you know, for this Cleveland Browns fan base. And so the biggest question is, what is going to be the move going forward? What's going to be our identity as a football team? This defense, as great as you guys have been, you guys got to tap into a new mindset and take this thing to a new level. For P.J. Walker, you're surrounded by some guys that can play some football. you got a phenomenal offensive line. you got some running backs that can make some noise, but um, just manage the game. Don't try to do too much. Don't try to force it. Run the football. Be phenomenal with the play action and screen game and really trust your defense. And so it won't be pretty. It's going to be ugly. But I truly believe that with great leadership, with this defense, that they can some way, some, somehow find a way to get 10 and 11 wins and get into the playoffs. K.J. Wright joining us. All right, K.J., last time you and I spoke, we talked about Russell Wilson, and we talked about how he wrapped up his disastrous first season in Denver. Now your former teammate in the Broncos have won three in a row. How much better does he look to you right now, and what's been the biggest difference for him? He is using his legs. Thank you, Russ. Thank you. This is the Russell Wilson that I like to see. Last year with Nathaniel Hackett, Russell's just, you know, trying to beat teams from the pocket, trying to do a lot of three-step, five-step drops. When you saw Russ this past Monday Night Football, he was elusive. He ran, he took off running and just making a beautiful play, as you see, to the back of the end zone to Cortland Sutton there. This is what made him great. When you talk about let Russ cook, the man was simply using his legs. And so I'm glad that him and Sean Payton have finally gotten this thing figured out. He looks energetic. He looks excited. He looks leaner. And so um, this 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 uh, personality from Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, a lot of people didn't think it would gel well together. But I love to see Russell excited and happy. And this Broncos team is really looking good these past few weeks. They are. K.J. Wright joining us. All right, so you mentioned the Pacific Northwest. What about the Seahawks? Geno Smith is coming off a big game. In fact, his best game ever. Statistically, a career-high 369 yards in that win over the Commanders. You know, the offense has been up and down this year. Do you think that Geno found something in that Washington game to get him and that offense back on track to set up a strong end to the season? And the last two drives he did, I'm, I'm going to be honest, from the first quarter to the third, it was you know a lot of field goals, uh, wasn't converting well on third down. And just the vibe here in the city, you would think that we are a three and six team. Um, everyone's, everyone's looking for the Geno from last year. They're looking for more consistency, more big time plays. And um, can he play better? Absolutely. But let me tell you, it's all about wins and losses. It's all about finding a way to put yourself in a position to own this division as Coach Carroll loves to speak about. And so he is figuring it out. He is becoming um, more explosive down the, in, towards the end of the game. 
But I'm telling you, Jim, we're about to play the Rams. We're about to play the Niners, Cowboys, the Eagles. We're about to go through a gauntlet here in this football season. If we want to have a chance to get into the playoffs, Geno Smith has got to be A1. He's got to be the guy that we all saw last year, the Pro Bowl-type quarterback, because we're playing some really tough opponents. And it starts with him. Defense is doing their thing, but Geno Smith got to protect the ball as we go down this gauntlet of a, of a football season. K.J. Wright joining us. Let me just jump over to something else, K.J. You know, the further we get away from that Legion of Boom era, the more the legend, the more the lore, the more the whole thing grows. Like, as you look back as part of that thing, what made that unit so unique, so iconic? Like, was it pure talent? Was it swagger? Or was it something else? It, it was on personalities, Jim. <laughs> you just look at a Richard Sherman. And when he came on the scene, like when we ran out of the tunnel, every guy had their celebration. I was shooting my webs. Cam Chancellor was doing his gavel when he was pounding his hand. Bobby Wagner was flexing his muscle. Earl Thomas, you know, we were just one of a kind. We were trendsetters. And uh, we haven't seen anything remote. Now, I'm not going to say that. The Niners are kind of close to us. But we, for sure, the number one defense in the NFL for four years straight. For four years straight, we was the number one scoring defense in the NFL. And uh, we were smart as heck. Uh, we played hard. Guys was healthy for, for most of um, for most of their careers. And so just the personality, just the swagger, and just how smart we were on the football field. When we played uh, Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl, we was out there calling this guy's plays out before they even snapped the ball. And um, you saw the rest was sister with that. And so um, definitely um, trendsetters of that time. We were rock stars, man. Yeah, you were rock stars. And like I said, the thing just grows and grows. The legend, as the years go by, like when you have huge personalities like that and everybody's their own kind of leader and you've got so many great playmakers, like how did you divvy up that leadership? And would you consider any one of those guys the heart and soul of that unit? How did it work? Well, the heart and soul, if there was going to be a guy, the guy, it was number 31, Cam Chancellor. Mm. He, he was the one. He was the one that everyone respected. He was the voice. He was he put the boom in Legion of Boom. That that's what Cam Chancellor was. And so he was the captain for all those years there. And whenever there was a problem, whenever something needed to be figured out, we all went to number 31. And whatever he said, whatever he said goes. And so um, you know, but all those guys, like Bobby, he's gonna be a Hall of Famer one day. Um, Sherm Earl, uh, Cliff Abel, like all these guys were so talented. But what we did well was we knew how much we loved each other. And at the end of the day, we have any problems. Let's talk it out. Let's fight it out sometimes. But at the end of the day, when we step on the football field, we'll go play as one unit. Kitchen, you know what that tells me? I mean, you guys were awesome, but chemistry matters, doesn't it? Anybody who says that chemistry doesn't matter doesn't have chemistry. Chemistry matters. <laughs> chemistry is everything. I mean, chemistry is everything. There was times when I stepped on the football field, I could just look at Bobby. I didn't have to say a word. I could just look at him and point at something, and he would give me the thumbs up and like, I got you, bro. And what we did was we really loved each other off the football field. We would have linebacker night. The defensive guys would get together. Russell Wilson one year took us all out to Hawaii. and We spent time as a team. Like, just the, the bond that we had. We just celebrated our 10-year reunion this past year. And we didn't miss a beat, man. We just love each other like no other. We, um, we, we, our mentality, our mindset, when we stepped on the football field was something special. And you talk about Coach Carroll and um, letting us be ourselves. 
that chemistry fully displayed on the football field. KJ, you see what Marshawn said recently on another podcast. He was going on about Coach Carroll and like oh, he's like, bro. dude, I just want to go out there and crack heads. But by the time he was done talking, I didn't want to crack anybody's head. Like, man, stop talking. Like, he, Pete Carroll's energy is insane, dude. For a guy his age, I got to give it up to him. Would he fire you up or would he wear you out or both? No, he would, he would fire us up. He, it, Coach Carroll was not the wear you down, like harp on you, beat you up type of coach. That was not him at no, all. No, I just mean his energy, he was dude. Mr. Positive. I, the, I don't mean beat you down, like beat oh. you down with negativity. I mean, having too much energy can wear guys out. <laughs> oh, hell no. There's no such thing as that. <laughs> not, not, not here in Seattle. Just uh, his energy was just so contagious, and he brought it every single day. He brought it every single practice. In practice, if you come and watch our Seahawks practice, each drill, he runs from the zero the zero yard line, the goal line, to the opposite goal line every single period. Every single practice, this is what Coach Carroll's doing. And um, you have no choice but to hustle. You have no choice but to play hard. You have no choice but to play with enthusiasm when you put on that Seahawks uniform. So for a guy that's 70-plus, been doing this thing for 14, 15 years, always in the playoffs, um, like you see, NFL all-decades team, it only makes sense. And um, just his leadership style. You have all these personalities in the building, a Marshawn, a Richard Sherman. Like, these are some dudes that you have to really manage. And um, he mastered it. He figured it out. And he's standing the test of time. All right. So, KJ, you clearly are built for the content game. We talked about your podcast, KJ, all day. For those who have not heard it, how are you approaching that pod? Like, is it Seahawks-centric or do you open that thing up and talk about anything and everything? So I started the podcast because it is our 10-year reunion this year. And so I want to capture my guy's story. I brought on Golden Tate, brought on Jermaine Curtis, Brandon Meebane. So I want to capture our story and really explain to people how special we were. And so we hit that this offseason. But right now, we're talking everything. We're talking Eagles, Niners, Bills, Patriots, Bill Belichick, Josh Allen. We're on the whole enchilada. And so for a guy that played 11 years in the NFL, I like to think I know what I'm talking about. And so, um, yeah, we film twice a week. I break down film. I just broke down Geno Smith this past game. And so I'm, I love football. I'm a football junkie. And so for the fans, they're loving it so far. We're just getting started. Good for you, dude. I like it. I like it a lot. Really quickly, you played for the Raiders. So I want your thoughts on that. They've got back-to-back wins. How much of that success and the vibe changing was just getting Josh McDaniels out of the building? And how much of that is about Antonio Pierce pushing the right buttons and restoring that Raider pride? Jim, listen, I was there. In 2021, I was there when John Gruden left and Rich Passaccia became the interim head coach. I was like, okay, this guy led us to the playoffs. He got everyone on the same page. Hire the guy. And then he bring in Josh McDaniels. I'm like, what the world is Mark Davis doing? So, Mark Davis, do the whole Raiders Nation a favor and just hire Antonio Pierce once the season ends. The guys are bought in. The guys believe in him. He's a phenomenal leader. He knows what he's doing. He's a Super Bowl winning linebacker. He's going to get that culture back that you want um, over there in Vegas. And so please don't overthink it. Please don't try to bring in this next guru of a coordinator. Just stay where you are. Just stay right there with Antonio Pierce. I love them guys smoking cigars after the game and just having fun on the football field. Um, And so they're figuring it out over there in Raider Nation. I just love to see it because I just hope Mark Davis make the right decision and make him the next full-time head coach. Man, they seem so miserable, dude, didn't they? And the joy is back. These guys are having victory stogies, back-to-back wins. I mean, granted, only over the New York <laughs> yeah. teams, but a dub's a dub. You take it any way you can get it. He played 11 years in the league, and 10 of them with the Seahawks. He's got a great podcast. He is K.J. Wright. 
My dude, great job, KJ. Great insight, great energy, as always. You show up the way you always do, man. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for that. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Jim. Yes, sir, KJ Wright. Love it. I love the way he's approaching his content, too. So he's got a podcast. He said we film twice a week. I've seen his setup. It's a really nice setup. And he's approaching it like a pro.